0: Finovate showcases cutting-edge banking and financial technology through a global conference series featuring short-form demos and thought leadership. Now, the conversation continues on the Finnovate podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Finnovate podcast. Joining me today, we have Daniel Goldscheider, founder of the Open Wallet Foundation. Daniel, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Thank you very much for having me, Greg. So as we like to do with these episodes, please give us just a quick introduction of yourself and some background on the Open Wallet Foundation to get us
1: going. I am a startup entrepreneur. I sold uh, my last company at the end of of last year and really started with the Open Wallet Foundation while I was uh, still CEO of that company. And uh, the basic idea was that wallets are becoming really important And uh, it would be a good idea to work together to create uh, the basic components, the guts for for these wallets. Cool. So, you know, I'd like to start
0: at a really high level because I think this is a concept that maybe not a lot of our listeners have heard of before. Can you start by telling us, you know, exactly what an open source digital wallet is? You know, who needs them, who provides them and things like that?
1: Yeah, well, maybe... We'll, we'll start with why why a digital wallet, you know, whether it's, it's open source or not. You're taking physical wallets for granted. And when you think about it, a physical wallet is really important for a lot of different things. It's where you are most likely to carry your, your money, your cash. You probably carry debit cards and credit cards maybe a driver's license, maybe, you know, credentials uh, from your, from your local golf co- club, um, you may also have, um, uh, even car keys in your wallet, uh, because there are now companies that, um, combine uh, car keys in the shape of, of, uh, debit cards. So wallets are important for lots of different scenarios when you want to pay or prove your identity or prove your, your age. And that's true, of course, not just in the physical world, but in the digital world as well. So a lot of companies have started to um, create wallets, uh, big tech companies, smartphone manufacturers, uh, as well as crypto companies, of course, that have started with wallets for cryptocurrencies or or NFTs. And uh, because they are addressing so many use cases and because some of these use cases are really important because you are buying something or you are proving who you are, um, we are convinced that wallets are absolutely critical infrastructure. So why do this with open source components? You know, there are, in our opinion, three key advantages. The first one is money. If you and I develop a wallet and we are cooperating on some of the base functionality of that wallet, we're going to save money. Now let's assume you have all the money in the world and you don't care about saving money. There is a second advantage, which is saving time. We will likely be faster if we're pooling our resources. But even if you say that you care about neither money nor time, there is a third big (laughs) advantage in our opinion, which is interoperability. You know, if you do your thing and I do my thing, uh and we want to be compatible to each other, we have to work hard to achieve that. If we're using some of the same components and we share those components, we start from a place of interoperability and we believe this is going to be fundamentally beneficial to everybody.
0: Yeah, no I mean I think so and I love how clearly you're able to to lay out um those those messages because I think when you kind of phrase it like that, all of a sudden it becomes something like, well, why wouldn't you do this? Why why you know, resist something along these lines? So what exactly is the Open Wallet Foundation's role um, in, in kind of in this industry? Because you don't actually
1: create the wallets yourselves. Is that right? That is right, yes. So there is an analogy that I like to use, which is the browser world. When you think about how web browsers are being constructed, you start with open standards, you know, things like HTTP or HTML or JavaScript. They are really fundamental to everything that we're doing on the web. And then you have the browsers themselves, you know, browsers like Google Chrome or the Microsoft Edge browser or the Opera browser uh, or maybe the Samsung Internet browser. All of the browsers I just mentioned are taking advantage of the same open source code base. In this case, something called Blink. Blink is sometimes called a browser engine, sometimes called a rendering engine, but it's basically a combination of lots of different open source projects. And they make it easier for companies like, in this case, Google and Microsoft and Samsung to work together and create browsers that are not just based on the same open standards, but also the same open source components. And we're trying to do the exact same thing. As you say, we're not trying to create wallets and we're not aiming to compete with SDOs, with standard development organizations. Uh, So just like there are, you know, W3C for, for standards that browsers are using, there is the W3C Verifiable Credential Standard. The last thing we want to do is compete with that or compete with the OpenID Foundation or the Decentralized Identity Foundation or the ISO MDL standard what we'll do is we are creating open source software components on top of these standards. But with one critical difference, most of the browser projects are dominated by one company. I think it's fair to say that Google has a lot of influence in um, the Chromium project. And of course, Apple has huge influence over the open source WebKit uh, development. And this is why the Open Wallet Foundation is a chapter of the Linux Foundation and is basically aiming to marry open source software with open governance, with the aim of having for-profit companies, nonprofits, and the public sector work together on the governance for the open source components for digital wallets around the world. Yeah, no, I mean, it makes again, it just makes a ton of sense. And I'm really curious
0: what kind of feedback you're getting from the industry. I mean, I guess there's two sides of it, right? There's the financial institutions or the corporates who are potentially getting involved. There's also the end users, the people who end up, will end up using those digital wallets themselves. What type of use cases or feedback are you seeing from from both sides of that ecosystem? Let's start with the corporate and, and FI side.
1: Yeah, so we're a brand new initiative. Uh, we were incorporated just a couple of uh, weeks ago, but uh, we started with forty entities as founding members, twenty of which are for-profit uh, companies and twenty are nonprofits. And we couldn't be more exciting, more excited with the support that we're getting, even that early on. You know, you have large companies, some of the world's largest credit card companies, mobile phone companies, um, experts in the field of identity and payment that join from the get-go, as well as some of the world's most prestigious universities and standardization organizations that are partners from launch. And at the end of the day, you know, we are trying to do two things. One On a very concrete level, we're trying to produce amazing open source software. But on a meta level, we're trying to bring a lot of different companies in different countries coming from different use cases and operating in different sectors together with nonprofits, together with the public sector. And um, we were, frankly blown away by the support that we received in the world of FIs, as well as completely, you know, outside of it. So because wallets are important, not just for tokenizing credit cards and debit cards or for uh, cryptocurrencies, but also for identity credentials and driver's licenses and car keys and room keys and FIDO Pass keys, we are seeing support from a lot of different industries, and I think we have an opportunity to bring them together and let different industries participate and benefit from each other.
0: No, that's really cool. That amount of traction that you've got is excellent, and I think it really speaks to um you know how how necessary the technology is. You know, as you were speaking, I was kind of thinking to myself, um, on the, about that end user side. And is this the kind of technology that end users almost shouldn't even see? I mean, I think there's sometimes in the FinTech industry we create things that obviously consumers recognize and they understand, hey, this is a cool new product. Sometimes we create things that are designed to be so seamless that consumers almost don't even notice them. Like to your point earlier, I don't know who codes my web browser, right? I just come in and expect it to work. Is that the same type of thing you would expect from end users who are engaging with these wallets? Do they really need
1: to understand what's happening or do they just get to kind of um, hop on and enjoy? Well, let me answer this as a consumer myself and not as uh, the founder of the Open Wallet Foundation. because you know, everyone who's using uh, open wallet code can produce wallets that do whatever they want that wallet to, to do. As a consumer, I think you are exactly right. As a consumer, I would say that I want my wallet, my digital wallet to behave very much like my physical wallet. And my physical wallet is not getting in the way. And I believe that this is really the role model that digital wallets should follow as well. I should not need to think about a digital wallet. Uh, it should basically just be there for me when I need it uh, in any use case that I need. You know, whether I want to prove who I am or I want to pay for something or, you know, I want to show to my future employer that I actually graduated from a university or show to an airline that I'm healthy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's kind of the dream for a lot of these tech plays is to get to that point where the end user doesn't really need to do anything differently they just need to kind of come in and um you know reap the benefits and again you can see why there's so many industries who are interested in becoming a part of this now i've always been kind of um not not mystified but interested in this balance between the open source side of the industry and the kind of more traditional side so zooming out a little bit kind of broader than just this uh the idea of wallets, how do you see that relationship between open source technology and kind of the um you know the for profit the the types of innovators that we would sometimes see on the stage at Finnovate? How do you see that relationship evolving over the next couple of years?
1: Well, to me open source especially when you combine it with open governance fundamentally means that different players agree that it makes sense to play together and I believe in a lot of cases this is fundamentally important. I also believe that it's really good to have competition. So the last thing that I would want to advocate is that uh, it's all open source and there's no competition. We're just uh, one happy family um, because this is definitely not going to be helpful for consumers. But if we want consumer choice, if we want to avoid vendor lock-in, I think it's actually a good thing that a lot of different players, both from the private sector as well as the public sector, are coming together to create some of the core components that will actually further and foster competition, because different players are going to be able to compete with each other while still maintaining compatibility and uh, enabling interoperability, which in the case of wallets is so important. You know, if... Uh, I'm using a wallet and I can't share a certain credential with someone uh, because of technical friction, Uh, this is really going to be detrimental. And this is where, in my opinion, we don't need to pitch shared open source development against the idea of doing something alone alone. I think companies by all means you know should want to differentiate and they should want to create their own solutions with unique capabilities and advantages but I think there is going to be a huge area where a lot of different players are going to find that it makes a lot of sense to work on some of the core infrastructure together because this infrastructure is going to be a commodity you want this commodity to be secure You want it to be interoperable, and I believe for those components, open source software, especially with an open governance model that, uh, you know, the Linux Foundation, I think, is really known for is an incredibly good, uh, good situation.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this really gets to the heart of why the financial industry is so unique when it comes to the tech side of it, because obviously you do want to see that competition. You do want people to be able to innovate and create new products. But at the same time, we do have to all be uh, together on certain sides of this or else consumers are ultimately going to be the ones who suffer. Um, if you can't, you know, it's like sending a, a phone, uh, a picture from an Apple phone to a Samsung phone. All of a sudden you get that grainy video and you're like, wait a minute, come on. I, I, this has to be possible. I get you're different brands and you want me to have everybody in the world buy an iphone but the idea that i can't send a video to my dad who's a samsung user without it being grainy is really distressing as a consumer and i think this is kind of the the piece that we're talking about here some of those basic pieces have to work well or else consumers ultimately will be the ones who can't do the things that they want to do um so it looks like we have time for one more question and i'd like to end by kind of zooming way out You know, looking at what the world could look like if everything breaks the way you want it to. You know, what's the best case scenario for how the Open Wallet Foundation can really impact and change the world?
1: You know, Greg, this may come as a surprise, but I'll give you a very defensive answer. I hope that things are going to stay the way they are. What I mean by that is I was just in Hong Kong and I was able to show my physical passport at the border and I could have easily rented a car using my driver's license. I don't want that to go away in a digital world. And I think this is actually quite an ambitious mission because there are so many technical formats, both credential formats and protocols. There are so many governments thinking about those formats as well as about the wallets. And I think there is an actual danger that in a digital world, we're going to lose some of the very capabilities that we're taking for granted in the physical world. So to me, if the Open Wallet Foundation can help to ensure that we're going to retain Everything that we're taking for granted, and do it in a frictionless digital way, I would already be a very happy camper. Yeah, no,
0: that's excellent, and I think um, when you again when you frame it like that, it it seems again so possible. So um, I'm afraid that's the end of our time, but I've really enjoyed this conversation, Daniel. Thanks again for joining me, and if anybody's interested in learning more, I would encourage you to check out the Open Wallet Foundation, Open Wallet Foundation, I should say. Um, and, and yes, Daniel, thanks again for your time. Greg, thank you very much.